the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. How fantastic. Before God breathed into Adam. Do you like that picture? I think it's a good picture, that. Um, before God breathed into Adam, he was just a mud pie, as it were. He was made out of the dust of the earth, and it was just like making a mud pie, a mud man. And then God breathed up his nostril, the breath of life. And it says here, life, but it's actually plural. It's lives. It's the life of God that God breathed and blew into his nose, his own spirit, and the soul was formed at the same time. So Adam was a triune being. He was made in the image of God, and God is made in three parts, isn't he? God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God the Father is the thinker, the great timekeeper. Time's a funny concept, isn't it? You know, we have time, but God doesn't have time. God has eternity. He lives in eternity. And eternity goes on and 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 on. It's not like time. It's just in that moment. And right now you're in that moment. But God gave us time. So that we could organ, he he put the sun and the moon to organize the day and the night and to organize our lives. In the beginning, when God began to create the earth, there was no moon or no sun until the fourth day. And I can see some of you looking at me like, I I can see the cogs turning over. Very interesting topic, this, isn't it? Would be nice if we could have just got in a circle and all discuss it instead of me talking to you like this. And on the fourth day, God put the sun and the moon for luminaries to light the day and to light the night. And day again is another word that's very interesting. The word in Hebrew is yom. And here it gives us every day that God did creation. The word day, there's a lot of discussion about that as well. People talk about that word day. But here was here now we see Adam being made in the image of God, a triune being. And you are all triune beings. If I had a big mirror with me, which I, I didn't remember to do, but if I had a big mirror with me and you asked me what God is like, I would show you the mirror because you would see yourself in that mirror. And each one of you have got the image of God on you. He made Adam in his own image and in his own likeness. I think it's wonderful. And he breathed the breath of lives into him and he became a living soul. How wonderful is that? He became a living soul. Can you put the next one on, please? I'm not going to turn up all the scriptures that I've got on here because they're probably too many. So if you want to write them down, you can. In 1 Corinthians 1522 it talks about the nature of man you know Adam became mortal when he sinned he had the sin nature in his soul and he could be separated from God he died his spirit died but when we come to Christ and we are born again I'm going to talk a bit about born again remember in our reading Jesus said unless a man is born again and that I'll talk a little bit about it now because it's kind of come now. 
The word born again, it comes from two Greek words, anogeno. Neat little words, aren't they? Anogeno. I like words. I'm not right good at Greek, but I can do Hebrew. But anyway, in the Greek, it's anogeno. And it, it means a new genetic makeup. Listen to the word geno. Can you hear? Gene in there. And it means a new, a man being born again means a new uh, genetic makeup. And here on this diagram, I've put the believer in Christ that we are, we have the righteous nature of Jesus in our soul and our spirit becomes alive unto God. So we are a body, soul and spirit. And in our body, we have five senses. You all know the five senses. You all learnt them at school. I know I'm not telling you anything new. But these senses are what we use to reach to the world. We, we use our smell. We use our hearing. We use our sight to reach out and touch the world, don't we? We talk to one another. Communication. And these five senses are the way that we touch the world, that we reach out to the world. It's our horizontal window that way. Yeah? And so this is the body speaking through out. So here in our body, we have gates, our eye gate, our ear gate, the smell, taste and touch. Those are all the gates of our body that things come into our soul realm. Okay? The soul is uh, the area that these desires and feelings, you know, in, if we turn to Genesis 3 and uh, verse 6, and it says here, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave to her husband. So here we see all these Things coming into play when the woman saw she desired to eat. Are you seeing all these things? You know, yesterday we had some fabulous cakes on that table, didn't we? Did you see them? Did you desire one? Did you want to eat it? And this is what happened with Eve when she saw the tree. She desired to eat the fruit. She desired to have it. And so our desires are things we need to really think about what we are desiring. This is, I'm looking at the soul now. The mind, the will and the emotion reside within the soul. The soul is our real person, right? So you've all got a soul. You live in a body, you have a soul and you've got a spirit, yeah? You've all got those three within you. We're made like God, we're triune beings, yeah? And the soul is where we feel the self. So our body takes all the things that we can see, the beauty and the good and the bad, all the things that we read, all the things that we look at, all the things that your children look at and see and desire are going into their soul realm. This is why it's so important with our children to be careful what they see and what they do, you know, because there's a lot of rubbish out there that kids can see and kids can be involved with. Some of you might not agree. Some parents think, well, let them see it all. Let them, you know, work it out for themselves. But I think 
As parents, we have a, a duty before God to protect our children, you know, and guard our children and guard what they see and what they do and what they put in their mouths. I mean, today, well, what was it? A few days ago, I went to McDonald's. I'm not a great lover of McDonald's, but I was with somebody who wanted to go because they had a child with them. And it was packed with kids, absolutely packed with kids. You couldn't move. And I thought, you know, it must be a regular thing. That food isn't, it's okay, it fills them up for a bit, but it isn't the best thing you can give your kids to eat, is it? You know, and I go into some people's houses and the children are fed so well and given such good food. And that's why they have healthy kids. And sorry, I shouldn't put my opinion on that. That's just my observation. I think bringing children up is a very important thing. And so we need to teach them to uh, look at good things. So here we see the drama of life in the mind, the will and the emotion, the soul, the feelings, our feelings. Do you like the little men there? You know, our feelings. How do we feel? Oh, I feel bad about that. I can't get that out of my mind. And it goes round and round and round in our minds. And really, the other person hasn't even noticed and I've found in my life, because I'm, you know, in my late 60s now, I've found in my life that some things happen and you think you've upset somebody and they've not been upset at all. You know, you've gone away and it's all going round in your head. So we have to deal with these parts of our emotion. You know, the soul the self, it's the master controller, how we think, I will do this, I will say that, action that we take, comes out of the way we put stuff through our bodily senses into our soul realm. Have you got this? Am I annoying you? Sorry, I don't mean to. Forgive me if I do. <laughs> it's important that we understand how we operate And the soul is the master controller. And it plays on our feelings. You know, if you don't feel good about something or if somebody's annoyed you and you, I'll never forgive them, they've done that, I'm upset, my feelings are hurt. As Christians, we need to bring that under the control of the spirit man. The spirit man has to be bigger than the rest, the rest of us. Next one, please. Now I'm going to talk a bit about the mind. The scriptures in the Bible that say, gird up the loins of your mind. Be a straight thinker, not, uh, be single-minded, not double-minded, in James it tells us. And in Romans it says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? Watching telly, we don't renew our mind watching telly. Mind you, I do like telly, I have to say that. Uh, I like a good film. But we renew our mind on this book. The word of God is where we renew our mind. Allowing the Holy Spirit to bring it to us. Just meditating on God. It begins, he begins to renew our mind. When we read the word of God. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's a wonderful verse, isn't it? 
I remember once years ago I was in a meeting and this girl brought this verse. Young girl brought this verse and it impacted me. She'd probably never remember doing it, but it impacted my life, that verse. And I know that we all have funny things in our lives that we do. But if we allow our hearts and our minds to be transformed, what are we thinking about? What those cogs moving around in our mind? Moving around, moving around, moving around. What we're thinking about, what we're turning over in our mind. I know every night when I get into bed, I start turning everything over that's gone on in the day or what's coming or, you know, we had this wedding and I had to make this canopy for, uh, because Mark's Jewish and made this canopy out of love for him. And, and that was on my mind. I went to bed and it was going round and round in my mind. How is it going to work? Are we going to have enough people to hold it? Is it going to sew up okay, you know, on the poles? And all this was going round and round in my mind. And I had to say to my mind, shut up. You know, you can bring your mind into captivity. You can take your thoughts into captivity. You can organise your thoughts so that, you know, when you're thinking about someone that you don't like, when you're thinking about something someone's done, or when you're thinking about something that's constantly going around in your mind, it's like a hamster on a wheel. We can bring our thoughts into captivity, the Bible tells us, bringing every thought into captivity to the will of God. You know, they, these are the ideals. These are the ideals. We're not there yet, friends. We keep trying. But the more we look at the word of God, I can think over my life how things have affected me and how the Lord has helped me to keep my mind in order. Because so often that mind wants, the earthly thinker wants to be critical. Can you put the next one on, please? The heart, so we've talked about the mind. There should be a picture on there. I don't know why it's not come on. It's a nice picture as well, but anyway. (laughs) This is the seat of the emotion, the heart. And we've said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Bible has a lot to say about our heart. These are all in the soul realm, the mind and the heart. When you're unregenerate, when you don't know Jesus, when the Holy Spirit hasn't entered your life, then these are working on this horizontal window these things yeah so sometimes when you say things it's coming out of the heart guard your heart with all diligence proverbs say for out of it comes the abundance of life the things in your life come out of that can you put the next one on please now we're talking about this thing called the heart it's very powerful So our mind, all the things come in through our senses to our mind and then they drop down into our heart if we let them, if we allow that to happen. So we have to be careful about how we look. The mind and the heart are connected and the heart is the seat of our desires. What do you desire? Teenagers are great for this, aren't they? They want everything. Teenagers. I mean, I think little kids are as bad these days, but, you know, their desires are made known, aren't they? And they go off and storm off to the bedroom if they can't have what they want. Um, but desire, and I remember when I was, I was young, and I saw this dress in this shop window near where we lived. 
It was called June's Gowns. And this dress was in this shop window and it was beautiful. And I wanted it. And I went to my mum and I said, Mum, I want that dress that's in June's. And she said to me, no, you're not having it. You'll have to save up for yourself. So I did everything I could to get money to save up. And and I went into the shop because I knew the lady. And I said, I want that dress in the window. She said, well, will your mum pay for it? I said, no. She said, I've got to pay for it myself. She said, what I'll do is I'll keep it for you. And that's how they were in shops them days, weren't they? And she kept that dress and I saved all my money to buy that dress. And eventually I got it. And I loved it. I loved that dress. And that was coming out of my heart. That was something I'd seen that I desired. I'm not saying it was wrong. And it went down into my heart, the desire, the drive to get it. And the heart drives the emotion into things that we want. Desire, things you see. So now we're going to look at the will. The will is the action taken by the heart, by the influence of the mind and the emotion. If the spirit is in control, our actions will be too. The natural man is controlling them sometimes. But if you're born again, you can learn how to control these things. We can be controlled by outside influence. Our emotions can be manipulated. That's what advertisements are all about, you know. If you record the programme, you go quick past the adverts, don't you? But the adverts are, are there to control your emotion, to control your desire. You look at the thing and you think, oh, I want one of them. Especially the shopping channel, you see it, you think, what would I want one of them for? And then as you watch, you think, oh, they're not bad. Hmm, I might get three. I might get one for me. You know what I mean? You've, this, what comes into your, into your body, through your body, into your soul realm, affects and can manipulate your, your soul man. So you've got to allow the spirit of God within you to help you learn to control those feelings, those fears, those emotions. Can you put the next one on? I've got to hurry up now. My time's running out. Um, this is just a, an inf- a, a diagram showing you the, the body, the gates entering into the body, the soul, the soul realm, and then the spirit. I'll skip past that one. So when we become born again, when we receive Jesus... When we get that new genetic makeup, that anogeno within us, then our spirit is now connected to God. And our spirit man starts to influence our choice. And as we come to the word, we feed in the spirit man. Before we were dead in trespasses and sins. When we get born again, we come to Jesus and we ask him to take our sin away. You know what interested me about the reading this morning as well? Jesus said this to Nicodemus, don't you know you must be born again? Don't you know you've got to be recreated in your spirit, man? Don't you know you are a teacher? And he was talking to someone who only had the Old Testament. I've told you this story before. When I went in the Jewish bookshop and I asked for an Old Testament, they said, we don't sell any second-hand books. We only sell new books, and they only had Old Testaments. 
because they don't have New Testaments, the Jews, do they? <laughs> you know, um, and yet Jesus said that to Nicodemus. So there must have been something here in, in the Old Testament, in the original language, which would speak about recreation, speak about anogeno, speak about the fresh inner man. Next one, please. I'm skipping through these quickly now. So we've got the spirit man, we've got the soul, and we've got the body. And we've got the mind, the will, and the motion in the middle. And you know, we can either allow that part of us to be affected by the Holy Spirit within us, or we can allow that soul realm to be affected by the things we see around us. I just want to talk a bit about the spirit before I finish. When we become regenerate, I think we have this idea that... um, The spirit man is this little tiny baby inside us and we've got to make it grow. I don't believe that. I believe when it talks about we've got to grow thereby, I believe the spirit man is bigger, fully formed. It's our body and our soul that has to grow through rejuvenation. This is what I think. I'm not telling you you've got to think it. It's what I think. I think the spirit man is big. And I think the spirit man uh, affects us as God speaks to us. You know, when you first give your life to Jesus, how God speaks to us so much. As we grow in Christ through the word, we start to learn how to hear God and what God's saying to us. And see God in so many little things in our everyday lives, don't we? Through our spirit man, we recognize, oh, God did that for me. God did this for me. God provided that. When I was making that canopy for Fiona, um, I thought, well, I better go and go to the material shop. So I went to the material shop, and I I wasn't going to do it this way. This, you see, the Holy Spirit will guide you to do things in your everyday life. And uh, so I went into the shop. And the guy asked me what I'm looking for. I said, I'm just looking for a remnant to make something. And he said, what do you want to make? I said, well, if I tell you, you won't know what I'm talking about. And he said, well, try me. I said, no, you just won't know what I'm talking about. I said, I want to make that. And I told them what I wanted to make. And he said, of course I know. And I thought, you're fibbing. And then he said, of course I know. He said, my granddad was Jewish. He came across in the pogroms. He knew exactly what I was looking for. He pulled this piece of cloth off the roll. And he said, go on, you can have that for three quid. So I went to the desk. And he's talking away about his Jewish background. Of course, I love all that, don't I? He's talking away about his Jewish background. And I'm telling him about the Lord Jesus and all this. And Jesus being Jewish. Anyway, we get to the counter and... I said, well, there's five pound. I'll give you five pound for it. He said, no, I only want three. He said, anyway, I've got no change. So he said, what have you got in your purse? So I tipped my purse out on the counter and there was one pound 40 something. He said, that'll do. Did that, put it in the till. Be blessed. I hope it turns out wonderfully. I hope you have a wonderful day and take a photograph and come and show me. So I've got an opportunity to go back to see him. He's got a wife and a son about 14, 13, 14. Opportunity to go a little bit fishing there. What do you think? You see, that's the leading of the Holy Spirit in just an ordinary thing in life. 
just an ordinary thing. And so that's that's all I want to say this morning. There were other things I've got a lot more I could say. You know me, I never shut up. But I hope you've been blessed by that this morning. Just give you some thought. Don't go away and forget it. Go away and look at it yourself. Look at Genesis. Look at the creation of man. What was God doing? How lovely. I love the Bible. My most precious possession. My daughter said to me, when you die, Mum, can I have your Bible? I said, well, I've got a shelf full of them. You can have any one of them. (laughs) All one's worn out. But this one's my favourite. It's worn out more. Okay, let's just pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word. It is our delight all the day long. And Lord, I pray that you will minister what's been said into the hearts of the people here today. Lord, may it have an inroad. May it have a changing point with them. May they realize your hand in every little thing that they do. Just pray your blessing on this church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all the people. Thank you for all the children. I love the children, Lord. I'm so grateful that we have children here and they're so special. Father, bring more families into this place, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.